1: I'm in love with
2: Welcome back to Open the Voice Gate for March 8th, 2022. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find us on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network feed or on our own dedicated podcast feed on all podcast platforms and applications. You can follow us on Twitter at Open Voice Gate. If you'd like to donate to the show, click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to our redcircle.com laning site. You click the red box that says sponsor this podcast and you can set up a one time or recurring donation. No obligation whatsoever, but we would like to thank all of our previous donors. I'm one of your hosts. It's your pal, Mike Spears. Join alongside, as always, Case Low. in Case, big week, big, big week that we went through. This was the, I would say, across the wrestling world, one of the busiest weeks of, the, of 2022 so far. But how are you holding up as we're exiting that? We're now on Tuesday. Things seem to have calmed down a little bit, at least on the wrestling side.
0: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I've seen a lot of takes hurling around our stratosphere over the past few days. Some good, some bad. If you pay attention to what Dave Meltzer has to say, there is a rookie and professional wrestling right now that is on the same trajectory as a Jun Akiyama or a Kurt Angle. And that man, Mike Spears, you know who Dave Meltzer is talking about when he says that?
2: I mean, I know who I think he should be talking about as he says that, but with Dave, it's always a, it's always a shot in the dark. I'm going to hope he's talking about our main man, Takuma, uh, Hayakawa, Fujiwara, god damn it, (laughs) (laughs) Takuma Fujiwara, I was ready for this (laughs) for a minute, and I'm off the rails, I'm off the rails, at least I don't, (laughs) at least we don't have the issues with Takumi and Takuma and Hayakawa and Fujiwara anymore
0: no i mean i'm still gonna struggle with that as just on takuma alone but yes you're right we can luckily advance past the takuma takumi stage of the dragon gate future class dave Meltzer, mike spears would be talking about one brawn breaker have you seen any of this man's work
2: I, I I was about to like say like oh he's talking about brawn breaker is he and do it very facetiously and say and with my hopes about hopes he's talking about Fujiwara here. Uh, no, I think that I, I I like his name. His name is very aorally pleasing to me. Braun oh, he could breaker. be in
0: Zbrats. If you if you told me Braun breaker was in Zebrats, I would believe. Oh you. yeah
2: braun breaker you know he's working the opening six man with bb hulk and diamante <laughs> versus jackie funky kamei ut and ginky Gucci. yeah no that, that would make perfect sense
0: yeah so i had never seen braun breaker wrestle before this afternoon but somebody tipped me off to the fact that dave said this and i like dave i largely think dave gets too much shit but given the weekend that dragon gate had and the email that I sent Dave this weekend, I thought this was a very peculiar take. And so I logged on to the old YouTube.com. I went to the official WWE channel and I watched Braun Breaker's Raw debut, him teaming. Do you know who Braun Breaker? So it was a two on two tag match. Who did he team with? Who did he wrestle?
2: I do know who he teamed with because I saw a photo of it. And that was the photo that I was like, oh, Vince is not going to get behind this kid because how much because he's the same height as this guy. He teamed with Tommaso Ciampa.
0: He team with Tommaso Ciampa. I am just now learning that the op- the the opponents that they wrestled go by the name the Dirty Dogs. Do you know, oh, I know them? Who the, oh, do you I... know who the dirty dogs are?
2: Oh, that is Robert Rood and uh, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, a couple of group DMs I am are very popped by the phrase "the dirty dogs." So yes, I... I'm well aware.
0: <laughs> I am just now learning. <laughs> it is breaking news to me that. Robert Roode, who apparently goes by Robert Roode in this company, did not know that. Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler are the dirty dogs. (laughs) And they wrestled Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa on Raw last night. I watched this match on YouTube and I thought, huh, I did not think Braun Breaker was that impressive. So I thought, okay, maybe... Maybe just the fact that he's wrestling Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode in 2022. Maybe that would put him in a less advantageous position to blow me away. So I said, okay, let's pivot. Let's go back to the archives. Let's watch Braun Breaker versus Roderick Strong. And what I saw was Roderick Strong, who's one of the 50 greatest wrestlers of all time, having a very competent match with a rookie who, for being a rookie, is is quite good and is working well with the parameters that the, that the WWE has put him in. But I just found that to be such a bold take given the weekend that we saw from Fujiwara.
2: Yeah. uh, I I think it's about time that we have some words about Dave Meltzer and what he watches, to be honest, because that is an absurdist take. I mean, I, I I'll say I've seen one thing of Braun Breaker and that's him breaking the old X from the NXT logo. And that popped me because how absurdist it is. Like I can't take WWE seriously at this point. I look at it as a, Workplace comedy that is very bad workplace comedy about pro wrestling. So I
0: I felt bad. My boss came up to me this morning. He's like, "Hey, did you see Stone Cold's coming back?" And I was like, "Uh, oh, yeah, I I did. I don't I don't want to talk about it. It's not <laughs> it's not for me. If it's for you, great. If it gets you to you like the Paul brothers, if that gets you to watch and Knoxville gets you to watch and Stone Cold gets you to watch, great. But I it's I'm tapping out on workplace wrestling discussions. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean. I, I mean, on the other hand, my dad, turned 70 this year, emailed me the CM Punk Esquire article saying, have you read this? It's like, of course I've read this, Dad, but thank you for engaging and what your what your sons are interested in. Thank you. Yeah,
0: that's great. I told my mom that uh, – because I, I call my parents every Sunday night, and I said, you know, Mom, it's been nice talking to you. I do have to go because – Right now, the Bastard Pac is on my screen, and I'd like to focus on this match. And I I will let you know that CM Punk has a big match coming up later this evening, as well as the Young Bucks, two two wrestlers who my mother really enjoys, the Young Bucks and CM Punk. So she was delighted to know that CM Punk is back in pro wrestling.
2: You know, it's one of those things that, like, with parents and just, like, people who are not engaged in wrestling, it's always, or people who have, like, more... I, I mean, like, like we're talking about a very niche subject on this show, so I can say this. People who don't, uh, who, who are the first thought about pro wrestling isn't like, oh, wait, this weekend is Champion Gate weekend. For people like those, like, getting their takes on things like this, like, my mom knows a grand total of five WWE wrestlers. And how does she know them? Through Total Bellas. That's it.
0: That's respectable. My mom is really familiar with the 2014 Ring of Honor roster. So your Young Bucks, your Kylo Riley, Bobby Fish. I'm sure my my mom has memories of watching Michael Elgin in the Frontier Fieldhouse in Chicago Ridge, Illinois. I I believe I've shared this story before that when Kevin Steen got called up to the main roster and pinned John Cena, I told her that, hey, the the bigger guy that used to wear the t-shirts in Ring of Honor just pinned John Cena, and she literally could not comprehend that but uh yeah other than that i mean my my parents show no interest in wrestling i don't need them to it's fine it's my hobby and i'm okay with that
2: yeah you know it's one of those things that like my dad wearily is really into the business side of it. So like a, so so like he'll be like, So did you listen to that quarterly call? I'm like, No, I follow Brandon <laughs> on Twitter and Brandon Thurston tweeted all about it and I flipped through the uh, the the tank the the tank because I find it preposterous what they're able to get away putting in there. But no dad, I didn't he's like, Well, what do you feel about it's like ongoing trajectory? I'm like, I think that they're doing things that they have constant income coming in now and they're pruning themselves for the eventual sale. And he's like I did not think about that. And then he will call me back later, 20, 20 minutes later. it's like, I read through the document again. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. So that, that's the engagement I get from, in the Spears household.
0: That's, that's lovely stuff. So I don't know where we left off. I think, I think I brought up Braun Breaker and Fujiwara, and I wanted to complain about that really quick. As soon as I saw that take earlier today, I knew I needed to start the show with that. But we do have a loaded week of Gate content to dive into, Mike.
2: That's right. Uh, this week we are talking about their big week. They had they had three shows in four days: the March third Corkin, and then Champion Gate twenty twenty two from Osaka on the fifth and the sixth. Uh, uh, for Corkin, just because in the greater scheme of things, I did the written review of this. This was a very plot heavy Dragon Gate show. That Dragon Gate is. One of the only companies to pull off here. So, I, I think what we're going to do talking about the Corkin before we go in deep on Champion Gate is really hit on the big points here and your big takeaways on this, if that works for you.
0: Yes. And I don't have many big takeaways, so this will be quick.
2: So, the first big takeaway I would say is the Doys Ho- International House of Hot Boys is no more. They are gold class. In case I need to ask you a question, I, I mentioned this on Twitter that I was going to ask you this. What do you know about host and hostesses clubs?
0: I'm entirely unfamiliar. I didn't know this was a concept until this past week. I saw some people discussing the idea of it, but I largely ignored that discussion because I knew I knew this was in the Mike Spears wheelhouse and I knew you were gonna educate me on it this week.
2: Yeah, so it's very clearly coded, and even Jay tweeted about it, and even like the theme music, Gold Club is a host gimmick and hosts and hostesses usually hostesses are more well known just because of at least internationally because the yakuza game series involves hostess clubs a lot it's basically these kind of bars that you that you would go to in japan and you would pay for drinks and to have conversations and to hang out with very attractive young men and young women it is not intrinsically tied into sex work but it it is kind of seen as like oh i'm gonna go and relax and go to a hostess club if that makes sense and it's very clear that doy is the gm of a host club (laughs) and he has his uh, the the, the funny thing about this with me uh gold class is such a hit with me because it's very much like i I, i'm going to use this phrase and you're going to get what i'm saying is he's very clearly pimping out kota Menonora in this and he's keeping his his top money getter and happy bringing out minarita the former takumi hayakawa as his many but this is a these are pretty men and we now are also in a world that kota Menonora is a hembo and that's where we are right now there's not even
0: a metaphorical argument that doy is pimping out menorah he's literally pimping out menorah it's as straightforward as it could be and as i stare at the new render of coach menorah on the official Gate website that has now been updated with his gold class robe and tights i understand why this is a guy that looks like an undoubted superstar. He is wrestling like he deserves a space in the same conversation as KZ and Yamato and Kai and Ata. This, by all standpoints, is a home run, if not a grand slam for Dragon Gate. The presentation of Gold Class on this week's set of shows, Korkin and the Two nights in Osaka, I have zero complaints about. I thought they crushed this from the name to the color scheme to eating high-end's lunch in the Cork and Hall main event to the match of the year contender they had in the Open the Triangle Gate Championship match. Everything about this for me was a monumental win.
2: Yeah, and I think like the great thing about Gold Class is that, and Jay and Ho-Ho really brought this up on commentary and hang right this home. They spent the month of February becoming a cohesive group. They're undefeated. They ran through everyone, and they pretty much, as you said, they ate high-end's lunch, and it was a really strong compare-contrast of two super face units in front of you, in a way, where you have high-end, very much in the Yamato mold. You could pretty much say, like, this is Tri-Vanguard 2.0, and you won't get much pushback, where it's just five very four five faces together with Yamato, and there's not a bit of cohesion about them whatsoever. But gold class, in the ring with them, just the gold class combo they always go do it into the finisher where it is uh, a, it is Minora has someone in the wheelbarrow. You have uh, Doi come and chop them, slam them down. They bounce back up. You get the, the flying leg lariat from Ishida, and then he dumps the person over his head, going right into the finish. It just feels like a cohesive superface unit in the way that you would see with... World 1 back in the day. It feels complete and makes sense. You know, it's Nuruki Doi's the architect of this. I mean, he's the GM of this, and now he has his boys out there, you know, doing his bidding.
0: I want to talk about the trio of Ishida, Minora, and Doi when we talk about that Triangle Gate match that headlined the first night in Osaka. In terms of the Cork and Hall show, the other thing that I want to ask you is your thoughts on the Minorita presentation this as a gimmick well let me get your thoughts on that first just as a gimmick what do you think about this
2: i think that this was one of the the most likely outcomes now in hindsight it's like yeah of course he kind of looks enough like huda minora to pull it off there and in the old days he would have been a mini i think we've talked about that when he was debuted he would have been like simacito back in the day so like this makes sense to me i I mean it's something where Maybe it hurts his projection, but I don't think his projection was really all that high to begin with because of his size. And it gets him into a, it gets him into a unit, and it pretty much signifies to me something that I've been saying for the last few weeks, guys, that we're about done with this stage of the class of 2021, the f- first feature class, as a cohesive group. It's about time that we're going to see them start breaking up and doing their own thing now.
0: The thing that's so special about Menorita is that I think they have found something that is now forever canon in Dragon Gate. I think 10, 15, 20 years from now, assuming these guys are still able to wrestle, we are going to see callbacks with Minora and Minorita until the end of time. It is just one of those things. As soon as I saw it, it clicked with me. I think it's the greatest thing. I thought his implementation into the gold class match on the second Osaka show with Shun Skywalker chasing him around ringside into the backstage area and then back, only for Menorita to snap off a Hurricane Rana onto Diamante. That is perfect. That I I love this. It is messed up, albeit hilarious, that he counts as half a member of Gold Class. That he is not considered <laughs> to be a full person, but rather a half a member of this unit. The question I have for you, and this is something that I, my gut tells me we're going to revisit. I want to ask it as a hypothetical now, we'll check back in if the execution of it matters as we approach the summer months. Do you think Kota Minora having a mini could be a detraction to his singles run and his possible Dreamgate aspirations? Is this, is this similar to BB Hulk dancing before a big match, and that it's something he's going to need to drop to be taken seriously as a top guy?
2: No, because very easily he could say, I'm being serious, go in the back. Like, I don't think that... Like, the thing about Hulk also was that like, he was so enmeshed with like the dance and the purest, no kind of character where he did not have an edge. Whereas I don't think that that's an issue of Menorah. I mean... If anything, this week makes me feel a little bit more confident about that Dreamgate, uh ceiling or projection that we have him at, because now he doesn't know he has a get out of jail free card with it, with having a mini, and being able to to say when he gets a microphone, just say I don't have anything to say, I don't know. Like I think that actually kind of helps him in a way. And, but but no, like for like seriousness, I don't. It, it's going to take a bit for when Gold Class isn't aren't triangle gate champions and they aren't as you maybe it will be something about King of Gate season that we will really be able to assess from there. But from now I'm not too bothered by that. At, at hampering his top of the card potential.
0: You know, you just said something that was interesting to me because I hadn't really thought about this. We, we often talk about the future of Dragon gate and how bright their future looks, how it feels like more so than new Japan, more so than Noah, more so than DDT, that these guys have a five-year plan and that I'm not worried about their long-term health given the way that they've restocked bodies on this roster over the past few years. If you look at this roster, and I'm going to include Minora in this exercise, obviously I've said before, I think he is leaving Kobe World as Dreamgate champion. The only question is whether or not he wins the belt before it or wins the belt at that show. If you look at this roster, between Minora, Espy Kento, Casey, I'm going to throw in Shimizu for the sake of the argument. And just to be extra bold, I'm going to throw in Fujiwara. Just because of the run he's been on, we might as well put his name into the mix. You've got five guys who if you told me five years from now they're going to be open the Dreamgate champion that have never been Dreamgate champion before, I'll throw in Yoshioka into the mix too. That's six. Those are six guys that Realistically, could lead this company into the future, and they are not established as the top guy already, and that is pretty remarkable to have that much depth waiting to get to the top of the card.
2: And it's something where first, I think KZ is already cemented. By the way, just uh, just like this, but for like the newer guys there, really, it's part of what they spent the last three years doing. They got Ada already there. KZ, I think his three year story built him to be in that place that he is a top guy and he's viewed as a top guy in the promotion. So it they laid down the groundwork so they already have the transition point there. They've already phased down a lot of the older wrestlers. You you always have someone like Ben K lurking in the back, you know. I mean, he's always available there. So you already have like this current 5 years, next 5 years, and then you and then you could start building up the next 5 years after that. So it, it, it's something that I think they've done that's pretty remarkable in a way that, you know, a lot of companies, you know, for, for many reasons, treated the last two years as like, we don't really know what we can do. We're kind of holding on by our fingernails. We're going to do what we can to get as many people in the shows as we can and run as many shows as possible. Dragon Gate didn't deviate from the Dragon Gate formula. They already started this generational change. As soon as Pack returned. And even really before that, with Antios was kind of the first start of it, to be honest. And it's just continuation and it's starting to see the rewards that they started to invest in five years ago, in a way.
0: Yeah, you have those six guys who I named who have not won the Dreamgate title, and coming out of this weekend, the character performances from Ata and Shoon, two guys that have held the Dreamgate belt once. I am fully prepared to see them at the top spot of the card again. I mean, that is the interesting thing with Zebrats. As you look at them right now, there's six guys in this unit. Kai, Hulk, Hyo, SP Kento, Shun, and Diamante. Hulk is a net neutral. I don't think he adds a ton. I don't think he detracts a ton. The other five guys are all so compelling in their own way and the seemingly four-way battle that at least I've put in my mind, it's not the story that Drangate is telling, but I'm just rating off of their performance, the four-way battle of leadership between Kai, Hyo, SP Kento, and Shun is fascinating. This is something that uh, for so long I think was missing in these heel units was you would get past Ata and Shimizu or Ben K if he was a heel at that point. And then it was Yoshida and Kanda and just these these weaker guys on the roster that didn't add a ton of punch, uh, not, obviously not Tamanaga, but just n- no punch, no oomph to that unit. Brats is a murderer's row of guys. I mean, they're all clicking on all cylinders right now. I, I, I was preparing for this podcast today. I knew I was going to, going to want to rant and rave about this past weekend, and I... I started worrying that i was perhaps going to be hyperbolic because what did we talk about in 2020 we talked about how through all of the hell that was the first year of covid dragon gate i i still think had one of their best years ever in terms of performance i love 2020 and then in 2021 we came on this podcast every week and we said okay well It's not the most thrilling product. The big shows aren't totally delivering, but I'll be damned week in and week out. This company puts on really good matches on the back of Red and Masquerade. And this year, we're now comparing a guy to Jun Akiyama. I'm in love with the Open the Triangle Gate Champions. I'm in love with the Open the Twin Gate Champions. I'm in love with the Open the Brave Gate Champion. There are six guys on this roster that you could tell me are going to be the top guy tomorrow, and I would believe you. I have just come to the conclusion, it's funny me saying this, it's funny me saying this on this podcast, Dragon Gate is just on another level right now and it's not hyperbolic to say that it's not me being so strongly rooted in this camp that saying that they simply have the output that is proving that and for all of the hurry up and wait that happened in 2021, where a lot of things built a lot of things built and we didn't totally see that payoff through the first two full months of this year into the first big weekend of the year. We have seen these stories start to pay off and evolve, and they have all hit on such a high level. This right now, not to take a shot at Tony Khan, because I love what AEW is doing too, this is an elite promotion right now. They are in their sweet spot.
2: Yeah, and it's something that even with like the demon of scheduling things, they set up this Corkin show as like the perfect go-home because you had the character stuff that we were kind of missing from Corkin's like it was either going to be, oh, are we gonna blow away matches or are we gonna have like storyline stuff? And a lot of 2021 we were kinda of sitting here going, not that much. There might have been like one or two matches every few months that I would say was like notebook worthy. And I didn't have anything that was notebook worthy on last week's show, but I came away with this with I was like, oh we have clear directions. We have new units. We have a lot of interesting storyline stuff going on that really was kind of, maybe it was that Final Gate 2020 was like the end of that story arc in a lot of ways. And in 2021 was building towards what we were going to have this year in a lot of ways, I think. Because we also have the fact that they have now announced more Quark and shows than ever. And like this is the most they have ever run Quark. And some of that could be making up some of the Corkins lost because of lockdowns when they weren't able to run Corkin. But, I mean, we're about to have a two Cork in April. We have a two Cork in Jul- uh, June coming up, including a tory Modern Reunion show. And it's something where it's like, yeah, maybe, they, maybe it was like, okay, we're going to take a beat in 2021. We're going to get SB Kento that's uh, going through that. We're going to do the storyline Masquerade versus the RED, and then we'll be able to go all all barrels firing in 2022 because that's how i kind of feel like at least coming out of this week
0: yes whatever patience we demonstrated in 2021 has already proven to be worth it just through these two months alone and this osaka weekend it was an, it, it's it was entirely worth whatever slow kobe sambo hall shows we sat through last year the big show is not hitting the marks that we'd hope. I, I th- this was a banner weekend for the promotion. I'm very happy with things right now. I'm very happy with the immediate plans. I'm very happy with what could be coming in the future. Let me ask you real quick. I want to make sure I have this information right. The next Cork and Hall show, April 7th, the Kness Retirement Show, it is my understanding, and I could be wrong, so please correct me if I am, but that is going to be a full house Cork and Hall, correct? No attendance restrictions?
2: The last time I checked, that was the impression I had, was that it would, they were not going to have restrictions then. There's still going to be the noise – there's still going to be the uh, claps apparently, but I will check to make sure about this, but I believe that's going to be lifted in April.
0: Yeah, if somebody knows otherwise, please let us know at Open Voice, Kid. I don't want to give out uh, information that is not accurate, but I believe for the Kness Retirement show headlined by Kness and Susumi Yokosuka versus Dragon Kid and KZ, that that is going to be as many tickets as they can sell to Corken Hall.
2: Yeah, so I mean, it's something where it'll be remarkable to see, and I think that's something that leading off that first, that first full attendance Corkin with retirement matches. The smart move you know i mean unless you've already done one dream match and cork and so it doesn't and it'll only be like two months before so it doesn't have the newest there but having uh Knessa's retirement teaming with his eternal partner susumi as nesca against his eternal rival dragon kid and the wrestler he views as his little brother kz i mean that's pretty much hitting to all fields there i would say and then we also know and not not a not a clean transition, but we also know on that second corkin and one of the uh, other big things, the second corkin in April, we already have one match somewhat announced because the mo- the Belva Ball, the most popular man in Dragon Gate right now, is one Jason Lee, and we have high end, we have uh, we we have natural vibes, and we have Z Brats fighting for negotiation rights of Jason Lee. Because of the match that he had with Shun Skywalker on the third case,
0: yes. So I was higher on this Shun versus Jason singles match than you were in your review at VoicesWrestling.com. You gave it three and a quarter. I put it on the spreadsheet, baby. Four stars for me. I thought Shun versus Jason was everything you would want it to be, and then we somehow were given. Uh, what I thought was a four-star match, and then a five-star post-match angle. Can you walk us through that?
2: Yeah, so in this match, basically, Jason wanted no part of the match, basically. And that, and that goes into the angle. Uh, Shun Skywalker was saying, you should just quit. You, you're nothing without me. I need you, you belong to me. Now you're adrift. And it took him basically firing up. And then Shun Skywalker went into his final gear and just ran through him as he did all of last year his Dreamgate champion. And then he started to choke out Jason. And th- while doing this, Zebrats were kind of circling the ring. They were kind of getting licks in as well. And Jay told Ho-Ho Loon, hey, you're you're his like longtime friend here. You should go out there and help. And ho was like, well, I guess I should. Ho-Ho ran down to the ring and Zebrats just immediately deposit him at ringside. And then Skywalker was calmly into the microphone telling him that no one was going to save him, that he was all alone. And then Yamato came out there with high end and got between the two and was like trying to fight off uh, Jason or fight off Shun. Well, Jason was still, well, Jason was still out. Shun was still going, no one's going to save you. You're all alone. You're mine. And Yamato invited Jason to join high end, which immediately brought out natural vibes saying, hey, 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 hey we want him instead while all then kz and yamato got into it while Shun could say all he could say is no one could help you no one could no one's here to help you no one's gonna help you i trusted you and that brought out Rio Saito, who was partially in his ring gear because he was wrestling the next match we physically breaking the microphone and shun talking into a broken microphone And he set up a three-way match. Uh, We don't know if it's Trios, if it's Atomico's. We don't know anything about it. But the winner of Zebrat's High End and Natural Vibes on April 25th will have exclusive negotiating rights with Jason Lee.
0: I can't confirm it will be a six-person three-way tag match that is officially on the Drangate website. So we'll get that classic Drangate style of match. Although this time it is for the, not the custody of Jason Lee, but like you said, the negotiating rights. I, I look, I'm out of words to describe how great shoe and Skywalker has been this. I, I just, I did not think he would have this in him. I, the comparison that I've used and I will remind people of it again is if you look at the first two years of ring of honor, Brian Danielson was clearly one of the best wrestlers in the world. And then he went away for a little bit. And when he came back and beat James Gibson for the belt and leaned into this heel character, He became Brian Danielson as we know and love him. This Shun Skywalker thing is so similar. He was already a great wrestler, and now he has become this fully fleshed out, maniacal performer who, at least from everybody I see, is getting rave reviews. I don't know anyone who is not in love with this Shun story right now.
2: Yeah, and this is such an about phase for how he was seen as the Dreamgate champion up top. Whereas, I mean, Kazuma Sakamoto made a big deal of you can't cut promos, you're not funny in the ring. But now it's just, he, uh, turning heel, he kind of found this charisma that it's not just on the microphone. He's now tweeting out saying, I'm not a psychopath, you all are a psychopaths. And it's, I think, the most compelling character in Dragon Gate. I didn't think I'd be able to say that considering how toast he was as a character, as Dreamgate champion. Like, he was having these stunning matches. But I said from the start, like, he's not much of a talker. Boy, well, all he needed to do was to turn heel and lose his mind because he's been, ever since uh, December 4th, the mass match, he's been excellent. He's been one of the most compelling characters on TV.
0: I've said, other than CM Punk and MJF, I think he's doing the best character work in wrestling. And what I like so much about him is that that character work is bleeding into his matches. He's wrestling a little more vicious than he used to. He's wrestling different than he did when he was Dreamgate champion, different than when he was opening match Moonsault guy. We're seeing an evolution of him in the flesh, and it's really important to me that that we take note on this and appreciate this era of Shun Skywalker while also looking towards the future. I was taking a walk before the show trying to, trying to get my thoughts in place because I had so many of them. And one of the things I wanted to ask you, Mike, purely hypothetical but it is 2022 let's flash forward four years our good friend alan forrell gives us a call he says guys lads alan would say lads lads it's time we fire up yield spreadsheets greatest wrestler ever 2026 is around the corner let's throw some names down this means nothing in the grand scheme of things. I'm just curious your gut reaction, first thought, best thought. Four years from now, do you think Shun Skywalker will be on your list of the 100 greatest wrestlers ever?
2: If he continues on this path, yeah, he, he's going to at least make several cuts. He He'll be in contention. I mean... I I mean, cases we talked about this weekend, I would already change my greatest wrestler ever series given one person right now. Shun can find his way on my list pretty easily if he keeps this up.
0: Yes, CM Punk very good at pro wrestling. This is something I've been saying for a long time. But yes, to your point, I think Shun of the guys that have debuted, it'll be 10 years in 2026 since the 2016 project, which is great for Gate standards given how loaded the class of 2016 was. He's obviously the front runner right now. I think he's blown past Ben Kay in terms of the resume that he's put together. This ultimately means nothing. It's merely a hypothetical exercise for a meaningless list. But I wanted to get your thoughts on it because I think we're gonna in, in a year or two look at Shun's resume and go oh my god, like, oh, there's so many good matches. There's, you know, the Willie Mac match and the UT 20-minute draw, and then there's the rookie ranking tournament stuff that we talked about last month, and then you have all of his Dreamgate defenses against Ashida and against Cosma and against Yamato and KZ. He is building a really impressive list for a wrestler that debuted in 20, uh,
2: 2016. And... F- uh you know 2026 i'm just going off the top of my head he will be in his early 30s so he should be in his prime then like like we're seeing him build up to that prime right now so it could that list could grow exponentially and that's not even considering his tag work as well case <laughs> i mean the mochizuki dojo stuff his tag work with mochizuki masquerade versus red and i still say this i think that there is a sick shun diamante twin gate run ahead of him too oh god yeah
0: oh i mean look I, you don't have to talk talk to me about his tag work i think shun and mochi versus hulk and yamana from 2018 is one of the best twin gate matches of all time and i still have that as my bar of batshit insane shun skywalker matches so yeah there's there's a lot there and i i, I am of the belief that we should appreciate greatness in the moment. I know some people disagree with that. Some people need to be further removed from the now to fully evaluate these guys. But I think because normally Drangate gets slighted in polls like this, I go, wait, hold on a second. Some of these guys have been wrestling for 15, 20 years and the thing about Gate is that if you like the style, they're so consistently great. Let's give these guys a little bit of love. And I think we're starting to see that with a new generation where, you know, Shun and Ben K, these guys have six years of experience now. We can start talking about them with some historical degree. You know, where do they rank in the pantheon of at least Gate wrestlers, let alone the entire scope of professional wrestling? it's okay to have that conversation. These guys are not spring chickens anymore. They've been around the block a time or two.
2: Yeah, I forgot who said this. I was listening to something over the last week. My last week ran together, but I was listening to someone case and they brought up like six years is like the perfect amount to be able to develop hindsight. And I mean, I think that like, yeah, throw the roses while while it's happening. And I think it's something that we are seeing a lot of in Dragon Gate right now. So yeah, no, absolutely. And especially your point about him surpassing benkei i think over the last like three months at least shun skywalker has become the dragon gate 5 tool player whereas he was very lacking in in one tool beforehand whereas benkei he's become a bit of a susumi Yokosuka slotting not wrestling profile wise but slotting wise and you know, you could do a lot of good, and you could build the resume of Susumi Yokosuka, but you're not getting Susumi Yokosuka out there to do the big character work nowadays. So I, I think he's head and shoulders the, at the lead of the class, by far.
0: Yeah, it's really impressive, because I, I would not have guessed, even, even at the start of Shun's Dreamgate run, I would not have said that in-ring he will have a better career than Ben K by the start of 2022, but that's where we're at. Shun has continued to evolve and Ben K has stayed stagnant.
2: Yeah. And talking about someone who, who evolves case, the other big storyline of Corkin was Aita and Yosuke San Maria. Those twisted lovers. It seems like they finally got on the same page coming out of the uh, Aita and Yosuke San Maria defeating SB Kento and Hio uh maria penned sb kento after ada hit kento with a box not maria as one would expect and th- another just dragon gate only post match segment where a lot of snm play going on between yosuke San Maria and ada there's no there's no other way to describe it taking sb kento's whip and, and like having it around her throat and demanding to ask what she wants and she says she, says she wants a belt and setting up a, because they penned the number one contenders and the former Twin Gate champions, setting up the uh, Twin Gate match that was previously uh, the champions, Daya, Dragon Daya and Yushi Okioka versus SP Kinto and Hiyo, making that to a three-way match later on that weekend. And we find, I was getting to a point, at least, Case, I think I've said this before, that, like, I was glad to see, like, okay, we're keeping this up, keeping this up. We hit the point where I was ready for the gear change with Aita and Maria, and they picked the perfect moment, and they did it in the one of the more interesting ways that they could. And another home run Dragon Gate, uh just character segment, I would say.
0: I thought it was perfect. I wish I could give a critique. I wish I could analyze it deeper, but this segment combined with the Twin Gate match, which I did not think once Aita and Maria were added to that match. I was like, "Oh man, that's uh, I. I don't know if that match is gonna hit." Now, boy, was I wrong. I, I again, I, I can't give further analysis. Listen, listen to the crowd in Corkin, the reaction that was made when Ata made the save, and then watch the Twin Gate match in Osaka. I, I, how, how can you offer up any critique to that? This was, like you said, this was a home run segment.
2: Yeah, and we don't know necessarily if they're going to continue being in an act together, but I kind of get the feeling that they are, and this could be the uh, fifth unit coming about. And I think that with how Minarita has shown that they are starting to move on from Dragon Gate Future 2021, and they're going to go find their own places, especially with like Fujiwara doing his thing, the Hashi brothers just being the Hashi brothers, and Fuda really coming together i have to say fuda had a good week it is kind of maybe we'll we have some more free agents to pick up maybe jason decides after all this no i kind of want to team with ada now <laughs> like i i feel like that this could be the nucleus of a new unit coming out now
0: yes i i'm glad you said that because jason is obviously in the running with high-end natural vibes and zebrats. To me, the most interesting option out of those three units is him joining Zebrats for a little bit of time, but really, I would like him either in D-Courage, which we haven't really touched on yet, the new name of the Dragon Dio yuki tandem, or I would like him with A-10 Maria. I don't think Jason fits into natural vibes, and I don't want him in high-end because I often feel like on these shows we're relying on Jason to bring something interesting out of high-end. So could he team with them? Yeah, but... I don't like that unit and I really like Jason, so I don't want to see him get involved with them.
2: (laughs) You don't want to see him solely. Uh, Something I didn't bring up when we were talking about Gold Class, I did, after this weekend, look and see, at least on Twitter, what the native response was to Gold Class. And other than it being a home run, like this Dragon Gate knows their audience very, very well, the next thing I saw was, I hope Jason and Ata join too. So <laughs> the I mean God, could you imagine that unit? I mean, then you're a then you have like a top heavy heel unit and a top heavy baby face, a super face unit. Boy, I feel bad in that case for natural vibes and high end, even though, you know, high end has Yamato and Natural Vibes is the most like complete tam- natural vibes doesn't need a seventh member. Natural Vibes is fine as is. What oh, are they doing I, here?
0: I, I would not touch Natural Vibes. I That unit, and I talked about this in the Night 1 in Osaka review. I feel like, and we'll, we'll move on to that show in a second, I feel like I undersold the Triangle Gate match in my written review because I, I dedicated so much time to the Brave Gate match, and I wanted to because the Brave Gate match is free on YouTube. That is going to draw an eyeballs. The people that like Dragon Gate are going to love the, the Triangle Gate match, but the Brave Gate match could be something different. And I sent that out to a lot of different parties this weekend to try to get them to watch that match. But, you know, if you look at Natural Vibes in March of 2021, it was very clear at that point that this wasn't a ruse for KZ to turn heel, that we were doing Natural Vibes again. Kame was hurt. UT was an opening match guy. And there was no Shimizu to be found at that point, so you were just retreading Kezi, Horiguchi, Susumu, who obviously have their place in the history of Dragon Gate, but weren't exactly the most exciting trio in the 2021 landscape. And in the past year, the way they have elevated UT, the way they have raised Kamei's profile, the way that Shimizu has stepped up to the plate and become a main event or headlining this weekend, which outdrew by, uh, uh, you know, 10 fans, but still outdrew Skywalker versus Ashida on night two, uh, that being Kai versus Shimizu. The way they have been able to reinvent themselves is such a phenomenal thing to see. I'm so happy with this unit. I'm so glad they ran it back. I I really was against Natural Vibes 2.0, but it just proves when you don't have Brother Yashi and Punch Tamanaga in your unit, you can make some magic.
2: Yeah, and you can set the future for someone like JFK. You know, perfect, like, learn on the job. I mean, Alan picked up on the point I've been saying for a long time. He's understanding Kinky Horikuchi and KZ for a reason. Like, like this unit, when it came together, like, yeah, everyone thought, like, oh, is KZ going to turn here? No, it, it's yet again like the five-year plan coming in. So, yeah, and, until something happens, until you want to do the JFK heel turn, which I hope is a ways off. I think you got enough mileage with him right now in this position with how young he is. Don't mess with it. It's great as is. So you mentioned them. The last thing I wanted to bring up about Corkin is we now have the name for Dragon Daya, Yuki Yoshioka. It is D-Courage. The D representing Dragon Daya could also represent Dia Inferno. But it's really for Dragon Daya. And courage being translated into Japanese is a variant of Yuki. I don't I it works for me. I think it's pretty fine. It's it doesn't make me shriek back or cringe and I'm not like super like into it like how speed muscle was like a very evocative phrase. Deep courage is fine to me. Uh did you have any big a feeling about it?
0: Yeah, I'm actually not crazy about it. And I think it's only because I of course was a staunch defender of the zebrats name and i just don't like that there's two units existing with a letter and then in this case an apostrophe or in the zebrats case a hyphen and then a word i would have liked to see them mix it up just a little bit there d doesn't totally jump off the page to me but it's dian yoshioka so i'm sure they'll be able to make it work
2: yeah i i didn't think about having first let- or single letter like abbreviations but like we'll probably see z brass being referred to as z and then this tag team referred to as d for a while i didn't think about that my only like thing if i'm really stretching it is that that kind of name makes it a little bit difficult to form a unit around it you know because it's so like significant for both of those two that like i kind of came out this weekend going like just add to Hayakawa or I almost said it again, Takuma Fujiwara. <laughs> Not to all those three, you no. did. <laughs> no, I said his first name right, and I didn't say... And I did such a good job before Manorita was a thing, never getting their names messed up, but it was March 8th when I got their names like that on air. case. God, man, what is up with me? But I felt like it that could have been like the Chrysalis or something, and with a name like Decourage, it does doesn't really necessarily give me the confidence that they will build a unit around d courage you might have d courage join a unit as d courage like how nesca was in world one but i'm not necessarily thinking of this could be like a core of a unit being based around this name i guess
0: so this is what i was going to ask and unfortunately this is sometimes the issue that we have on this podcast is i have a question that you can't answer and then I feel like sometimes people look to to us for dragon it questions. We don't know the answer then we just look dumb because nobody else can correct us. Is Kineska the comp here of a tag team that existed outside of a unit uh, for as long as they did?
2: I mean, that's why that's the first one that comes to mind for me. Yeah, I can't think of
0: another team that did that. And obviously if you can, please let us know. But I am only thinking of Kineska when I think of a tag team that existed as a straight team and not as a unit
2: uh Sasumu and kanda before m2k existed as uh, Sasumu and kanda in mexico okay. and they came into japan as Sasumu and kanda before that was a thing
0: okay i'll yeah i'll accept that answer as well because i was trying to think about the bicycle brothers but fuji would have still been aligned with crazy max so i'm he not gonna was. count that yeah
2: yeah no he was but like i mean like that's yeah, like that's like the thing about uh, Decourage that kind of like popped out to me about that. Uh, did you have any other big takeaways from this Corkin? before we move on to Champion Gate? I do not. Well, support for Open the Voice Gate comes to you from HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why they're America's number one meal kit. In case... It's wedding season right now. And I've talked about this before, but with HelloFresh and meals such as the Frijoles Fresca Chicken Bowls, I don't feel the need to always go to my tried and true Chipotle. And it just makes me feel a little better. And I'm looking a little better, you know. I got to take wedding photos soon, man. And wedding photos are forever. And with HelloFresh, it gets me looking good.
0: So the reason you need to sign up for HelloFresh is, is if you look at this March 19th through the 25th menu, these options, the White Cheddar Wonder Burgers, which look outstanding in their photos, scroll down on the page. What's this? I see one pan chicken sausage pizza Dillas count me in on that. And most importantly, a menu item that screams case low. That is shrimp spaghetti with a kick. Shrimp spaghetti, garlic, herb, butter, and zucchini. That is what I'm talking about. That is why you need HelloFresh. And that is why every night when you make dinner, you need to think of the Open the Voicegate podcast.
2: Man, I'm looking right now at this menu for next week. And for me, this is the Mike Spears thing. The hot honey brussel and ricotta flatbreads. Outstanding. Ooh. Yeah, I I love me some Brussels sprouts. Call me a millennial. I dig that a lot. But
0: <laughs> is wait, is that millennial slander? Millennials that they're
2: Brussels sprouts? Because before, like, i like it was like a generational thing that like maybe this is a thing that since you are a baby, but it was always like no one <laughs> wanted to eat Brussels sprouts because people weren't good at cooking Brussels sprouts. But like the last fifteen years, people realized, oh yeah roast the thing, toss on like a nice glaze, put in some bacon or something for some umami, and you got yourself a meal. Like, I, like that was like a common thing in popular culture where Brussels sprouts were gross that have been changed over the last 10 years' case that's, that you might not have experienced.
0: Uh, that's good to know. I am baby, of course, and I was unaware that Brussels sprouts had such a stigma to them because they're one of the few vegetables that I feel like I really crush it with. I can make a mean Brussels sprout, but that, be- that comes from my mother who is borderline boomer borderline gen x and she enjoys brussels sprouts as well so i i had no you know it was such a different time growing up mike and i just had no idea that brussels sprouts had this sort of stigma against them
2: i mean they did i mean that was like a thing like if you like watch like sitcoms and stuff like that with kids it's like you gotta eat your brussels sprouts and like ew, brussels sprouts are so gross you never see that nowadays case You never see that. And if you're interested in that Brussels sprout, ricotta, flatbread, here's how you can get it. You go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 and use code VOW16 for up to 16 free meals and three gifts. That is HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 and use code VOW16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit.
0: You know what food I hate? What's that? Green beans.
2: Yeah, green beans kind of suck.
0: They are my least, they are horrible. And my brother, who is 26, I am, I am, I I identify as straight edge. I don't drink alcohol. My brother is 26 and just does not like the taste of alcohol. So he only drinks milk and water like when i go out to eat with my brother he orders white milk at the dinner table which is tough it's a tough that's
2: uh uh yeah i i I, i'm gonna be polite here milk and water at at going out to dinner that is uh jim harbaugh-esque you know
0: yeah uh this is a guy who likes pizza but prefers it to be from pizza hut and if like if we're home if i'm home for a weekend with my family you know, my mom, my dad and I will order ourselves a pizza from any number of establishments. And my brother's going to make the call to Pizza Hut cuz he thinks they make the superior pie, which is fine. I don't care. I I Pizza Hut slander is a boring take to have. Sure. But he as you can tell from his eating habits just the the few that I've described is a man that struggles eating his vegetables. So he has green beans almost every night of the week. And so when I'm home, I have to smell these awful things and watch him eat these terrible, uh, terrible things. My least favorite food, I think they are really awful. And I, I think as a society, we should band together, support broccoli, support Brussels sprouts, and really get on board with trashing green beans for how bad they really are
2: yeah it, it's something that as a kid i'd go visit family who operate farms and would have i'd help out with canning vegetables and it was always green beans and it's just like all the stuff going to canning green beans and the smell you get from you know pressure cooking the jars of green beans it's seared in my mind and like you can get like the dressed up like green bee casserole we put like the cream mushroom those uh crispy onions that are like the best part of it because it's onion and salty and uh, man it, it, if i'm out and like ordering sides like we all are like ordering sides like if you go to a steakhouse green beans like if someone ever brings up green beans i'm like all right you can do that i i I think we should get another one for the rest of the table though like i i'm with you green beans suck
0: yeah horrible horrible food unlike this champion game in osaka weekend which was full of delicious appetizing meals of professional wrestling matches
2: yeah, it's, I I think I'm not being hyperbolic when I say this. I think it's one of the best Champion Gate weekends that they had. Like, I'm I'm struggling to think of four title matches across a Champion Gate weekend that all four of them not only were notebook, but they all were different and some of them were match of the year contender like we had this weekend.
0: Yeah this this was needed. This this was not only for just the legacy of Champion Gate, but just to have one of these focused weekends in the promotion where you have these bigger shows, you know, that was the narrative in 2021 was outside of Speedstar Final and Kobe World, which were these real finite shows. They were concluding stories rather than continuing them for the most part. The big shows didn't deliver. Even last year's first on in Chan- uh, first on in Osaka for Champion Gate, not a great show. I said last week the lineups are there for them to kill it. These shows need to draw, and these shows need to be good. And both of these shows outdrew last year's, and they were both great. At least the title matches were. So this was a, a very big win for Dragon Gate.
2: Yeah, and it's something that I, you know, not to draw a comparison to the rest of the. Japanese wrestling scene, I, I would say that these shows were the big success for any company of the last weekend. Like, the fact that they went 383 and 510 across those, and with the attendance, like, I don't think you you see many shows in Edeon 2 right now that are above 500. Like, I can't remember the last time I saw one like that, but the fact that Dragon Gate pulled that off here and then just had just an outstanding weekend. I mean, there was really nothing on these shows that I would say you know is worthless and another great thing about these two shows so they are up on the network until the 12th and 13th respectively each of these shows were like two hours and 15 minutes each case like they did not they were not here for a long time but they were here for a great time so it's the the thing that you know we always say about dragon game network it's always easier to sign up at the beginning of the month because you'll get the whole month and then because they'll charge you immediately and with this You've got three outstanding shows to watch that, I mean, are combined seven hours, you know, and it's worth going out of your way to go see. And it really started off on the right foot of Champion Gate Night One.
0: Yes, open the Brave Gate match, kicked off the weekend. This is free. On YouTube with English commentary. You can watch this match. You can read my detailed review. There are very few matches in the near six years that I've been writing for, uh, rather, about Dragon Gate for Voices of Wrestling. Very few matches that I have written more about than Daya versus Takuma Fujiwara. I've given my thoughts on it. Mike, I want to hear from you. Open the Bravegate Championship match. What were your thoughts here?
2: Well, I think the uh, biggest like compliment I could throw it is that I was eating lunch today. You know, I was at my desk eating my lunch today, and I put back on this mask. I wanted to rewatch it. It was that outstanding. It was really something that we've seen since since he debuted, and he had such an auspicious uh, pay debut where he just kind of was like, "Oh, he's young. We'll see how it turns out." And then now we see how he turned out, and this guy had is just turned 20 and has two four-star and better matches, including this one I went four and a half stars on in the same week. And he really, him and Daya showed like a natural chemistry that was just excellent. Uh, The big thing about these kind of matches, and and I said, is I want to see people biting for it. And, you know, for the first time since uh, Sora Fuchikawa was around, we had crowd calls for Dragon Daya during this thing because the crowd was so convinced that Fujiwara was going to win this match Fujiwara had some sick sequences he exerted his strength he showed off some of the speed that we've seen that he is actually faster than dragon Daya. and that reverse michinoku driver should be his finisher coming through because that's something that that we talked about cases like what we want to see like what he's going to do his moveset well that reverse michinoku driver coming out of the double arm bar that's a finisher to me
0: and the double arm bar is crazy as well like i love that evolution of you know, he he first went to the Fujiwara armbar, now he's quickly transitioned to this wacky double armbar move that I don't know if it would get over in Noah or New Japan, but I think it certainly gets over here. Yeah, I, I mean, I wrote in November my Gate of Origin review, 98 days before this champion gate match, I wrote and I quote. Fujiwara's debut lacked the flashiness that comes with most Gate debuts, but there was already a noticeable polish to his work. I came away impressed with his first match. Boy, did Fujiwara show me in the flashiness department, didn't he?
2: Yeah, and another line that you had in this thing, not, not to drag you here, but there's a chance two or three years down the line that this Fujiwara is recognized as an elite worker and the transformation from young boy to ring Journal will happen right underneath our noses just as it did of Man and aura boy, uh, three months, three months.
0: I've never seen anything like it where a guy just took off the way that he did. I, I was going back through dragon system history and really thinking about when some of the guys that we've labeled prodigies or some of the guys that got really good in Rookie of the Year buzz, when did they become great? Because I don't know how you could watch this match and think of Fujiwara as anything other than great. And that's why I really tried to shop this match out this weekend. And I hope some of the people that I sent it to, I hope they pay attention. I hope they watch it and I hope they enjoy it because I don't know from an objective standpoint How you can watch Fujiwara in this match and not think he's great. And not only was he great, he was in a singles match. And as you go through, you know, SB Kento and Shingo and Ben K and Shun Skywalker, these guys that were great really early in their careers, they found success first in multi man matches and then were able to put the pieces together and have these great singles runs. But with Fujiwara, He's doing it by himself. He did it against Kamei, and then he upped his game and did it here again. And so, like I said in my review of this match, at this point, you have to compare him to an Akiyama or an Angle, or an Owen Hart or a Matt Riddle if you want to go there. Because five or six years ago, the, the comparison to Riddle was that he was this generation's Akiyama, I don't know where Fujiwara is going to end up, and I I add that as a caveat so that I don't accidentally invalidate people's childhoods. I wrote an article about the Young Bucks that uh, attempted to threaten memories that were made in 1999 with the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian, and God forbid I do that again. So I give the caveat that I don't know where Fujiwara is going to be a year from now. He could be working the dark match for all I know, but I do know that four months into his career, he is objectively great. And we so rarely see that in pro wrestling. And again, he was the guy that I said was not flashy in his debut. He had a perfectly competent match. He was fine. But I came away from that night screaming about Ryu Fuda, who I still think is very good. It's not not a slight in Fuda. That this supernova came through, cleared the way, said, Shoya Sato, I know people are excited about you. Why don't you take a backseat? Why don't you and Don Fuji work fun multi-man matches on the undercard? I'm going to be co-headlining one of the biggest weekends of the year four months into my career. I would love to know in the Drengate office what the original plan was for this weekend and when they knew that Fujiwara was getting this Bravegate Gate shot because I for as smart as this company is I don't believe that November 27th they said Fujiwara versus Dragon Daya is our champion gate in Osaka Brave Gate match I would love to know when that switch flipped
2: I mean the thing I said coming out of Gate Origin was that he was a blank canvas so like I just didn't know I was like he looks like a young boy that looks pretty good. We'll see where it goes from here. Whereas because the thing is that we had such like defined characters for the other five, you know? And he comes out here. He has this, he has this outstanding performance. He loses. He looks valiant if he takes a double cork for him to lose. He kicks out of the DDT. And the Akiyama thing is something that like I briefly talked with Alan Farrell about this. And I want to pause it to you. I think one of the reasons that this is so fascinating to me. And, and I just brought it up to him. I was like, oh yeah, the, it, it's insane for me to think like this. And he's, he's kind of like, he, he kind of pushed the, the, the rakes and he's like, Michael, Michael, let's see how this plays out. But I, I think like we can tr- compare him with Akiyama. The thing about Akiyama was that we didn't, see, or I didn't, or people didn't see it at real time because of how tape trading works. Like, unless you were on, the west coast and got nippon tv and i don't think nippon tv international aired all japan to be honest you weren't seeing these akiyama matches until months after the fact we're seeing these in real time and i think that that is its own kind of benefit for fujiwara is that we're seeing the day of we're seeing the moment of oh wow this kid is doing this live we're not just going like oh yeah watch these tapes back and when you get them in here we're seeing this this guy developed rather than getting like a block of tapes from someone and going through it that way so i i think that's a remarkable facet about this as well
0: yeah i would much rather get too excited about this guy and have to peel it back later than be a curmudgeon who can't accept greatness in the moment and until he proves me wrong this is the take that we're going to go with because i don't i don't see how it's not true this is a guy who walked into this weekend having just blown people away with his match against Funky Jackie Kamei. Jackie Funky Kame. He's JFK. I have that wrong in my notes. I need to change that. He is a guy who blew people away against Jackie Funky Kame, and he won up to tier and had a four-and-a-half-star match against Dragon Dia for the Brave Gate belt. We questioned last week, would his luck run out? Would he be able to live uh, uh, up to the standards that he's created for himself in a title match, and he blew me away. He blew me away. Until proven otherwise, this is his standard from now on.
2: Yeah, and it, and of course you said like things can change, but I can't think of a time that someone twenty years old had a week that he had. Like he was even like he was with Australia, who did not have a strong week at Corkin, but he still looked great against Daya there. So we're talking about. The draw of Jackie, Funky Kamei, a strong performance in Corrigan, and and then this match happening within a period of seven days—I think that in of itself, for someone of his experience level and age, is remarkable. I can't think of that ever happening before. Case.
0: Yeah i i i don't i don't know i don't know the comp. He's right now. He's one in a million.
2: Continuing on, we after that, we had a eight-man tag, Dragon Kid, Benkei, La Estrella, and Gurukun Mask teaming up against Misaki Mochizuki, Gamma, Shuji Kondo, and also from Ryaku Dragon Pro Wrestling, Chirami Saver. Kondo got the win with the King Kong Lariat on Estrella in 10 minutes and 13 seconds. And I hope from now on, whenever Gurukun Mask makes his appearances, he brings along Saver, I really like Saver a whole lot. I think he's a whole lot of fun.
0: Yeah, no, this match was great. I obviously love when my boys come out from Ryukyu Dragon Pro and kill it. This was a very fun match, and I have really enjoyed Gurk and Mask going undefeated in Dragon Gate this year.
2: By the end of this weekend, he would be 5-0. and He is just saying. I'm just
0: saying, Kai better watch his back.
2: Kai? Oh my god. Do you think... I don't think they do Okinawa until much later in the year. I was gonna say, do you think they make it to Okinawa and they do a Gherkin Mask Dreamgate match?
0: If they if they do Gherkin Mask versus Kai for the Dreamgate in Okinawa, I am flying to Japan and they can they can deal with my ass when I get there. I am getting to that show. When do they yeah. run Okinawa next? I gotta in june I'm... so we have to do kai being Dreamgate champion till june <laughs> no.
2: hey it can happen i'm here for it I, by, I, by june, I by in june
0: it. everything's gonna be back to normal i'll be on a flight with larry dallas we'll be going to japan and we'll be going to to okinawa to watch kai versus gherkin mask i
2: mean that that's uh you know that's a long plane flight with larry no comment <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, this rest of this match uh Estrella, man i i feel like i beat up this guy a lot not he feels like he's as drift as we feared you know i don't know what what the future lasts for him What what, what how it plays out here because it's not even like a sophomore slump like smj and smj had the shoulder injuries he's just Feels weird. He feels out of place. He doesn't. He 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 doesn't always feel up on feel up to the Dragon Gate standard in a lot of ways.
0: Uh, This is what I expected from him Uh, around the time of Kobe World last year. I just realized, okay, he's he's middle of the unit, or I'm sorry, rather bottom of the unit guy. He'll be in opening matches. He'll probably team with Strong Machine J a bunch. I'm not surprised by any of this. I'm still oddly probably a little higher on him than you are, but I don't expect him to do anything of importance outside of being the third leg on a Triangle Gate team.
2: That's fair. That's fair. Uh, And do you have any other takeaways from this? Uh, Gamma apparently now only works with soccer shows.
0: Yeah, I made a note of that in my review that he is really... He hasn't really been around this year, which, you know, look, not the worst thing in the world, but... It's noticeable that, that Gamma has greatly reduced his schedule.
2: Yeah, it just was something, and I know it was also brought up by Jay on commentary. Jay and Ginky Horiguchi on the second night. But match three, we had a singles match, which you pointed out in a review. It was between uh, Yuki Oshioca and SB Kanto, a Twin Gate preview match. And, you know, when Dragon Gate does these kind of matches, as you said, you don't get baited in because they're going to. it's going to be a storyline match. And after... 8 minutes and 31 seconds, uh, Yuki Yoshioka won after Zebrats interfered and they had to throw the match out.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to know what you thought of this match. Was this something that you thought was cooking before the finish? Or w- w- what's your vibe here? Because I did not love the in-ring even before the finish.
2: I thought that Yoshioka kind of ran through SPK in a way. It, it was a little slow. It was worked kind of tight. But it was there, like I probably, I don't know, like if we got a conclusive finish and they kicked into a final gear, probably would have been like a three and a quarter star match, a disappointing one. But uh, yeah, no, I could totally get the vibe you got from that.
0: That that was kind of my thought as well, was I, on paper, I want SBK versus Yoshioka to knock my socks off. And when this didn't, I started becoming even more worried about the Twin Gate match The next item, whether or not these guys would click, because SBK, again, I think a great wrestler. I've said enough about his star potential. I could see him being a guy that just has unusually bad chemistry with some people on the roster. And I I started to develop this narrative in my own head of maybe he and Yoshioka just don't click because this did not did not necessarily do anything for me. Uh, But I was luckily proven wrong 24 hours later.
2: Yeah, no, I I could see that with SBK, especially for where he is entering, that there are certain people that, you know, he's just not going to have the match necessarily that fits him the best. In the post match, uh, Maria came out to confront Zebrats. She got beaten down. That brought out Ada. And we had our fourth match on the show: Ada and Yosuke San Maria losing to Zebrats, Hio and Diamante. Hio with a roll-up after Ada was, was about to be attacked, and Maria was trying to protect her protect him but that just meant he was able to get a quick roll up and get out of there
0: yeah fine story building as we uh, headed into that twin gate match that uh, happened the next night
2: uh, match five we had high end Yamato Kakator, and kesuke Okuda Defeating Don Fuji, Takashi Yoshida, and Jason Lee. Yamato pinning Don Fuji with the Frankensteiner and the Almighty. I thought this was a pretty fun match and just like high end courting uh, Jason Lee to start and just completely ignoring Don Fuji when Don Fuji wanted attention. Like this was just like a, this wasn't like the Rec League match that we talk about, but it, it was a fun little Love and Man Trios match.
0: Yeah, anything with Don Fuji and Yamato going at it is going to be a good time. I thought everybody pulled their weight here. Unspectacular match, but certainly served a purpose. And the post-match finish with High End trying to congratulate Jason Lee as if he was on the winning side of this match is awesome. I'm it. it it's probably a good thing that Drangy, quite frankly, doesn't have a ton of shows between now and that second April core again. So this doesn't overstay its welcome, but I am really excited to see, you know, on the Kobe show on March 19th, on the 1st April Corkin show, on the April Fukuoka shows, what are they what are these units going to do to Jason Lee to try to win his affection? I think that is such a tremendous angle
2: yeah and it's something where like we had kakatora try out and all the units before but it's kind of fun to see like the inverse of it like he's going to be put into you know eight man tags where he's going to, have to team with uh natural vibes and natural vibes are going to try to get him to do the dance and he's just not going to have any of it high end is just going to be too much and he's just going to try to like beg off there i'm interested to see like are they going to try to have him team with zebrats because i think that could be fascinating
0: i would love to say that again if if their plan is to have him work with one of the units who's in the mix, to me, zebrats is the most interesting one.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, semi-main event, this was the preview match for the next night's Open the Dream Gate match. It was high—it was not high-end. We just had high-end. It was Natural Vibes versus zebrats, Big Boss Shimizu, Ginky Horiguchi, and BB Hulk defeated— or, sorry, it's Big Boss Shimizu, Ginky Horiguchi, and Tsumikosuka defeated BB Hulk— Kai and Shun Skywalker of Zebrats when Shimizu rolled up Kai with a Bokuno style Lagomage draw in 9 minutes and 29 seconds, and, you know, effective last go-home match and promo between both of them.
0: Shimizu pinned Kai three times in 10 days, and on the 11th day, Kai survived, and I am devastated by it.
2: I mean, not to get into that match already, I kind of saw that coming. <laughs> like, like No, know. no,
0: no. I The more he pinned him, the the more I knew Kai was going to win. But boy, did I love seeing Shimizu pick up all these pitfalls. This was a really fun match. If you're going to cherry pick your way through this weekend, I think the middle portion of this show is pretty skippable, but you should watch the Brave Gate. You should obviously watch the main event, the Triangle Gate match, but you should also watch this match. This helped the build to the Dream Gate match the next night.
2: Yeah, and just as something that it was something that through the month we should have saw like, oh, these two guys have great chemistry together and and they put it on display here. Everyone else was supporting them in a, in a solid fashion. Shun doing great heel work, Hulk being Hulk, and then Ginky and Susumu, they're great at that kind of role here. And it just was a really, really fun semi-final match you know building up the uh, the next night's main event and the, the main event of the first night was for the open the twin gate champions the champion team natural vibe fails in their first defense defense as jackie funky Kame, kz and ut lost to gold class when 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 encoded minora with Min- minorita pinned uh, ut with the gong in 14 minutes and 30 seconds Gold class become the seventy-seventh, open the Triangle Gate champions. I, I just want to say before we get into the match, I love how on the Facebook page they keep Minorita on the same line as Codemanora, but they put it in the circle denoting d- that he was the one who got the fall between the two of them. It just cracks me up.
0: No, the, the presentation of Minorita is so awesome. It's really the more I think about it, the more I'm entertained by it. I love that they're doing this.
2: Yeah and we got to see now gold class with Menorita in a match and just the fact that like no one knows how to handle this guy it was like what's the deal with this like he's a part of the proclamation for the match and he's getting into the photos because he is the his mascot and and his involvement in the match was really fun as well I I I knew that we were going to get the face offs that we really got that would be a lot of UT and DOI, a lot of KZ and Ishida and Minora and Jackie Funk and Kime. But boy, when you put them on the big stage having this match, it just, they just blew it out of the park there. This was the first, I would say, great Triangle Gate match we've had all year. And I'm trying to think what this the last truly great Triangle Gate match was because this clearly now is the, the current watermark going forward.
0: Well, my mind immediately goes to, and this will give you a a perfect demarcation point, because I feel like it's in a lot of ways the end of an era. Has there been a better Triangle Gate match since Jason Lee, Masato Yoshino, and Naruki Doi versus BB Hulk, KZ, and Yamato from Final Ah. Gate 2017?
2: i am drawing a blank i liked a couple of the later tri Vanguard challenges but i think that's like the last one i had at four and a half stars like this one
0: that that final gate 2017 match and i've said this before the last five minutes of that match i am convinced i'm watching the greatest match of all time When that's taking place like it is so good down the stretch that i just i can't i can't believe it it's really a next level style of match uh off the top of my head, I can't remember another Triangle Gate match that came close to this. Uh, it's, my, it's the best match I've seen in Japan this year, four and three quarter stars. Best match I've seen in pro wrestling, Uh straight up. It, it was an old school style of Dragon Gate match. And I think that's one of the really interesting parts of Gold Class to be this specific trio. I said last week I thought they were going to lose because, quite frankly, I just didn't think they needed the titles. But... You're now at a point where you have three established top of the line guys. And in the context of Ishida, Minora, and Doi, you can point to Ishida and say that he's the clear fall post. But Ishida's really protected in the booking. I think you have to go back to that aforementioned BB Hulk, KZ, Yamato team to find another Triangle Gate team that was as loaded as these guys are.
2: Yeah, this is something that. I know you're you're still the belief that Cody will be DreamGate champion either walking in or walking out of Kobe World. I look at the team I'm like, how are you going to take the belts off these guys the momentum they have right now anytime soon? Well, like, that,
0: that's that's the one thing that I'll give you is if they really and I would I would love if they did this because it's been I mean it's been so long. It maybe maybe a decade at this point since the triangle gate belts have felt like really really important but if they if they want to give these guys you know a record-breaking triangle gate run and just have them buzzsaw through the entire company and every trio that that they throw their way and have this be like a blood generation-esque do fixer like triangle gate team that goes down in history I am all for that. If this is this generation's, you know, Shima, Magnitude, and Yoshino trio, give that to me, because I think that is super, super interesting, and I would love to see them put more focus back on the Triangle Gate belt. If the the alternative to Minora headlining Kobe world is we get a really heated Z-Brats versus Gold Class Triangle Gate match instead of like a four-way... Uh, you know, trios match like we normally get, then great. I think that is just as interesting of a future.
2: So I, I'm right now I've pulled up the list of past Triangle gate champions case, and you brought the maximum one in 2017. However, the people they lost the belts to were the longest reigning open, the Triangle gate champions and natural vibes holding for 231 days. They had six title defenses. I'm quickly scanning to see if anyone else had six title defenses I, the most else other than that I'm seeing is five. It's going to take a, it, it would be a concerted effort to do this because like, you're going to have to like lock this belt down to this unit and really be like, this is what these guys are doing from now on for a while. And it's going to be really fascinating to see. Like, so there were two units, there were two triangle gate teams that had longer reigns than that. There was that blood generation team. They talked of that went 319 days, but they only had three title defenses and then you had the 273 day uh, title reign. In case I want to take, I want you to take a guess at this team. I'll give you a time frame. Okay.
0: Yeah. Go ahead.
2: Post Blood Warriors Junction Three.
0: Post Blood Warriors Junction Three. So wait. Okay. So is this the beginning of 2012?
2: Okay, I'll, I'll narrow it down a little bit sooner than this. Yamato's already in Mad Blanky at this time. So we're talking 2013, 2014.
0: And this is a long standing triangle gate team.
2: This is the second longest triangle gate tile round.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> uh, it's I mean, it's not the millennials, right?
2: No, it is the Monster Express team of Akira Tozawa, Masato Yoshino, and T Hawk.
0: Oh, I okay, I I'm I got confused <laughs> on my timeline. Okay, sorry. Yes, sorry. no, that that's okay. Yes, this was the team that just held onto those belts for a while. <laughs> if we just we do our Triangle Gate check in, and yet Monster Express still has them.
2: Yeah, no, no. And that probably was the time that they, because that was also coinciding a lot with the uh, the Yamadoi Twin Gate team. Like, that's really when like the prestige of the two belts kind of switched, was during this time. So, those are like the three most dominant Triangle Gate teams that Blood Generation team that only had three defenses but held the belt for 319 days, the Monster Express team that disappeared but had five title defenses, and then the Natural Vibes team that has the defense record at six but 231 days just as a frame of reference for that. And it's going to take something for gold class to lose it. And it's going to take something for gold class just to lose with how they're positioned right now. They, they might not drop a fall until they have to start doing eight man tags with Minorita, to be quite honest.
0: I'm all for it. I, I really think they have something special with this unit. I, I, you know, just to compare them to Masquerade, Masquerade's one of my favorite units of all time. Great matches, up and down the card for an entire calendar year they never once felt as important as gold class does in one week
2: yeah i mean you have gold class doing the sh- the glow- both the opener and the go home angle at corken hall and then main event and that
0: corken by the way which was built off of a jimmy's reunion and doy announcing what this unit would be 710 fans, which is recognized as a sellout. They've put 714 in that building during COVID, which is a super no vacancy full house. Uh, but by all accounts, any metric, a 710 is a sellout under the setup that they were running. And let's be honest, other than New Japan, occasionally, not a lot of companies putting 700 in Cork and Hall right now.
2: I mean, I saw one company that put only 200 that was considered a major company one time this last week. Very depressing. Yeah, so it we're in the gold class era. It feels like right now, and I feel like that's safe to say. And I mean, the giant show close angle, the crowd was going insane for it. Like I, I dip my toe, just try to keep keep touch of the native fan base, just as much as someone who doesn't speak Japanese can. So I'll go onto Twitter. I'll go onto other social media sites. I have not seen a reaction for this kind of unit in a long time. Just, like, the photos, like, constant photos, I mean, as Kaido Shia says, keep the long lenses on, but only take the photos of us, and just everyone just thinking this is the coolest thing. Like, this feels, like, as much as, like, high-end was presented as, like, well, Yamato's and it. it's a super face unit, this feels like it is one.
0: Yeah, no, this is, this fits the exact tone of the promotion. I mean, they are so violently leaning into what Dragon Gate is, and it's working. It is, you know, it it's a term that's thrown around a lot especially in Gate, of this idea of fan service. This is big picture fan service. This is hot guys doing cool moves and they're encouraged to be hot guys and do cool moves. It's such a it's such a monumental victory for this company. I hope Gold Class runs over everybody. I hope they I hope they hold all the belts at some point. I am in on these guys.
2: The the only thing that like Comes to, he- comes to my mind thing about gold classes. Are you an always sunny person at all case? I should
0: be, but I'm not.
2: Okay. That makes sense. But, like, there's one episode where one of the characters is pimped out by Danny DeVito and is very much like a shut up and look pretty towards him because he's being pimped out. And I do feel like that there is, for the people who know this, there's a Frank and Dennis Reynolds relationship going on there between Doi and Minora right now.
0: I'll take your word for it. Again, I would love it. I just, I have never dedicated the time to watch it.
2: And they have like 11 seasons now. That's a time commitment. No, yeah, like, I
0: can't. I can't be doing that. Not, if I can just rewatch Girls on HBO, I'm not going to watch It's Always Sunny. <laughs> it's just.
2: I mean, the, the last show that I just finished up, like the one thing that I was like doing other than like wrestling and living my life over the last weekend, watched all of Reacher on Amazon Prime. And let me tell you, that is the best dad show I've ever seen. Eight episodes. Eight episodes. Perfect. Great.
1: You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arena club.com slash VOW net. Again, that's arena club.com slash VOW net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slap pack, $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arena club.com slash VOW net. Arena club.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on arena club. And we thank them for sponsoring the voice of the wrestling podcast network.
0: Yeah. I'm into that.
2: Yeah. 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 If you, you, you never watched sons of anarchy or
0: no, no, uh, I'm not. no I don't like motorcycles. I like dirt <laughs> bikes. I
2: don't like motorcycles. That's fair. That's fair. But like the idea of like these shows that have like, and it's like the same thing with like, amc shows of like the protagonist who thinks they are kind of like that that like through their charisma they think that they're like the smartest person in the room you know like like that kind of trope like walter white always thought he was the smartest person in the room like the the idea of that reacher jack reacher on the t on the tv show reacher is actually that and it's very satisfying to see someone just completely be like oh yeah no i know what to do this and it works out perfectly for him because he's jack reacher
0: hmm i like that all right eight episodes you said
2: Eight episodes. All
0: right, Eight episodes.
2: I'm in. Uh, Chris and Kruik's in it, which is kind of surprising to see her pop up. All right, I like that. Yeah, I, I was like, "Oh, that's her." Okay, haven't really seen her since Smallville. All right, interesting thing. Good to know. Good to know. Let's get into night two of Champion Gate. Let's do it, Mike. Uh, yeah, yeah. the The next night uh, was on the sixth. The uh, attendance was five ten. It is going to be up on the network until the 13th. The YouTube match, the opener, was a Gold Class match. So if you aren't on the network, you can you should go watch the Gold Class intro. Go watch the theme music's awesome. The look is great because it was Gold Class versus ZBrats with Kota menora pinning BB Hulk with, or submitting BB Hulk with Granaje. The other ZBrats members in this match were Shun Skywalker and Diamante. And a really fun opener.
0: Yes, this is worth watching for the Minorita spots and for the Genki Horiguchi commentary on the Minorita spots. So much fun. You know, you know at some point they're going to run some giant multi-man match in Corken Hall and Minorita is going to have the hottest reactions of the night when he does his little Hurricane Rana after a bunch of guys chase him around the ring. Like, this character is built so perfectly to only get massive reactions when it counts. It's, he's... Oh God, I, I love this. I, I'm, I'm going to stop repeating myself about Gold Class. There's nothing else I can say. I think they have murdered the presentation of this.
2: Yeah, it, it's going to be hard for the next unit because Gold Class just knocked it out of the park here. Uh, Shun Skywalker, you know, chasing him around and then Diamante wrestling in what looks like a dress shirt. Strong look from Diamante. You know, he, he, I, I like the fact that he kind of has somewhat of like a direct shirt on now, even though he doesn't need to have a, any, cl- he doesn't need to have a top on, on what No, he doesn't need to have any
0: clothes on, is, is what you were going to say. And you're correct. I can't believe this guy has put, has covered his body more. It doesn't make any sense. It, you know, one of the things that struck me to go full circle, uh, back to the beginning of the podcast, watching the Dirty Dogs match, um, uh, was, Braun Breaker stands out in that promotion right now because he's the only wrestler that looks any different from the other wrestlers. And I will always remember somebody on the pro wrestling only forums once who was not a Drangate fan gave Drangate a compliment that I, that I always think about where he was like, you know, I don't really like this wrestling. I don't care for what they do, but everybody on their roster has their own distinct look. And I really, really like that. And Even in Zebrats, these are all guys that wear the same color, but they all look different. And the fact that Diamante and Shun are two masked wrestlers who are able to be presented in such a stark contrast is awesome to see. Would I like Diamante to not wear a shirt? Yeah, I would like to see that body a little bit. But if he's teaming in the same unit as Shun and they need to differentiate them, I I guess the dress shirt goes on.
2: And, you know, face turn, pop the top, you know.
0: Oh my God, just pop the top, lose the mask. Oh God.
2: This means something. But yeah, you mentioned Ginky Horiguchi was doing commentary on this. That is because Hoho Loon found out during the match announcements that he had a match. He was like, Well, and Jay had a problem. like, Shouldn't you go get ready for your <laughs> match? <laughs> <laughs> but it was Hoho Loon teaming with Masaki Mochizuki, and they defeated Ryo Fuda and Shuji Kondo. It was Mochi doing the twister on Fuda in seven minutes, and had to say, Fuda was someone that I, it's not that I disliked Fuda. He was someone that was like, okay, you're a kickboxer. We get it. But he's now like incorporating that into his matches in a way that feels more organic. And I feel like that this week, like we threw our, threw our roses and like a, just like a truckload of them at Takuma Fujiwara. Nailed it. And I feel like we should give Ryo Fuda some credit as well. I thought he has looked really good this week.
0: Yeah, I want him to continue to shine in matches without Mochizuki or Akuda. But I think I said this to you over the weekend. The thing that really stood out to me here was that Fuda looks like he's lost weight and gained muscle. He looks much trimmer than he did, even at this time last month.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to say he was stocky. He was a guy that, you know, not very defined, but he's no, he was, like he was a-, a little thick. He was a little thick which you know like there's a charm about a thick guy who just throws a lot of kicks but you know as you're a rookie, telling me. Yeah, yeah yeah you got to grow into the thickness i don't want a 21 year old out there being thick before he can you know trim it up like i i want to see 45 year old rio fuda putting back on the weight and doing the the kicks not 21 yeah but know? in his
0: current state you're not down with the thickness
2: no 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 no. i mean it, it, it it's about the fan service and it, I, it's al- not... I
0: almost closed my browser after down with the thickness i thought we were done here <laughs> <laughs> i was i was taking that as That's a walk-off great... home run <laughs> we'll talk about the dream game a... match next week partner
2: <laughs> yeah yeah uh the other big highlight of this match was ginky on commentary because jay brought up Hiromi horiguchi it was like oh yes Horomi Horikuchi, my fake brother. And then he brought up the Brahmin brothers, which, which would the Sailor Boys, the Brahmin brothers. And Genki kind of awkwardly laughed and then Jay Quilley said, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. That <laughs> popped me.
0: I, I enjoyed in the next match, Genki Horikuchi ex- exposing the Strong Machine army for the people under the masks of Strong Machine F <laughs> and Strong Machine G. <laughs>
2: so, so, so if they ever come out again, we don't have to kayfabe it.
0: No, no, Genki Horikuchi said we don't have to kayfabe it.
2: I mean, when Gigi or Gucci says something like that on commentary, then, you know, there's not much else to add about it. I, I went three and a quarter for that second match. I thought I went three and a quarter for the, both the first two matches. I thought they were good fun.
0: Yeah, I went three stars on the second match, hoho and Mochizuki versus Kondo and Fuda. Very fun stuff. You get a lot of good Mochizuki versus Kondo interactions, obviously Mochizuki versus Fuda and the delightful pairing of Ho-Ho Loon versus Shuji Kondo, which I thought was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, no. Love seeing Shuji Kondo around. He's a busy man. So when he makes time in his schedule to come to Dragon Gate, I appreciate it. Uh, The next match was Gurken Mask, Strong Machine J, and Takashi Yoshida versus Chirami Saver, Don Fuji, and Gamma. In case, this will tell you the week I had, because I have this written down in my notes as one of the lines here. Water bottle. (laughs) <laughs> what was the water bottle thing i don't remember what it was but i remember like there was a big ado about it being it was water bottles being thrown back and forth in this match god i don't
0: i don't remember and admittedly i don't have the greatest notes for this match i just had a situation at work where i was looking at my notepad and i just had the word pills written down and i had to go around the office going hey were we talking about pills what what is this note for? We were finally able to figure it out. I can't help you with water bottle the same way I couldn't help myself with pills.
2: Yeah, well, th- th- this was, this was fun. This was, this was all right. Takashi Yoshida did the gnarliest uh, sent on I've seen. <laughs> like oh my he God. went down.
0: Oh my God. He crushed, <laughs> he
2: crushed someone. Uh, Gurken Mask, as we mentioned earlier, won this match. He pinned Gamma with the Gurken like roll clutch. Just walking that road for his Okinawa title shot.
0: That'd be the greatest thing ever. I really want that.
2: Yeah, no, I'm here for that. Have I you had here. a chance,
0: by the way, have you had a chance to watch Yamato and Gurken Mask versus Junkasai and Takashi Sasaki?
2: I am watching that tomorrow.
0: Okay, that All right. is it's, my. It's fun. It's fun. I have not seen the natural vibes stuff on that show yet, but the Yamato Junkasai stuff is fun.
2: Oh, yeah, we didn't mention Uh, Yamato and KZ are the new Ryukyu Dragon tw- Tag Team Champions. KZ 20. and
0: UT, not Yamato and KZ.
2: Ah, I didn't think that th- that today would be the top show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Casey and UT natural vibes. Now they were twin crown champions going into night one, so that's nice. Nice to see that UT, you know, still collecting hardware. I'm glad to see that. I love it. Match four was a singles match. Ben K versus Jason Lee. This was a no contest due to Z Bratz interference. And a match I was really enjoying before the interference case. I I really liked like Jason was doing like topes that uh ben caught and power bombed him for uh, all the Zbrats were in his corner jason was not amused and uh basically Ben k was using uh jason lee as like a weight and jason was using Ben k as a jungle gym it was it was it was good fun for that 10 minutes
0: i shrieked when jason made his entrance and then there is a uh, a bit of dead space, and then the camera pans out, and I see Shoon Skywalker seconding him at ringside. That, for some reason, at two in the morning, was the funniest thing in the world to me. That Jason has this unrequited second in his matches now with Shoon Skywalker. That dynamic is so good. And this whole thing absolutely delivered like you said the match was fun uh, the spear that ben k hit that ended up leading to shun skywalker breaking up the pin in the eventual no contest he speared jason lee out of his damn boots this was a very very fun ben k match that because of the finish you know we'll forget it this no contest won't stick out as anything but this was a good ben k match
2: i actually have a star rating for this match so if the if he pinned him off of that spear because the spear is a finish for ben k what would you have given it
0: uh i still probably would have been in the three and a quarter three and a half range
2: all right i had three and a half written down
0: okay all right yeah
2: that's fair that's fair uh the the last undercard match was natural vibes versus high end it was jackie funky Kameh kz susumi Yokosuka, and ut so ginky had the night off so you know it's because that ginky you know put some work in on commentary versus high-end. The high-end team was Yamato, Dragon Kid, Kakatora, and Keisuke Akuta. KZ won with a running elbow smash on Kakatora in 10 minutes and 8 seconds.
0: I like this match. Uh, I actually really like this match. Really high-intensity, just random 8-man that I don't expect from high-end at this point. Quite frankly, I just... I don't expect them to deliver, and then maybe there's matches like this that just are so high above my expectations that I was startled and maybe overrated it a little bit. But the consensus among people watching at the time was that this match was a lot of fun because of how frantic the energy was throughout the entire thing.
2: Yeah, it. I went three and a half stars on it. I thought this was a blast. This was probably like my like the one time I felt like High End actually felt like a group, like a team. And this is after we didn't mention this case. High End. St- not only took their lunch as the superface unit they took their colors high end with the exception of Benkei, have all shifted to red gear so you can't escape the color red case just you know now that's it's not fine red unit. that's
0: fine because it them shifting to red means that gold class took their gold and i think that's the funniest thing in the world
2: yeah but yeah no ut and okuda had a really fun exchange here uh jfk was like doing a chop exchange with dragon kid and it, like he like started screaming at his palm afterward and that cracked me up and Giki or gucci was like doing like running commentary for a second like over the house mike this was just an absolute blast
0: a, a, a very nice way to close off the fun portion of a loaded weekend a real lighthearted affair one again if you're cherry picking your way through these weekend shows i would recommend carving out nine minutes for this
2: yeah it just was a whole lot of fun getting into the title portion of the show open the twin gate three-way title match the champions d courage, defended against uh the z team of sp kento and hio and the unaffiliated eta and yosuke Mario team it was d courage making their their second successful defense the two falls because this is the standard three-way match which all three-way matches with like three teams should you should have falls for each So you shouldn't that was the one thing that bothered me in that young bucks match i i i'm now so dragon gate pilled that when i see a three-way tag i'm like there should be two falls you should have to eliminate both teams there should be one conclusive team within this match someone's not going to walk away with a loss without being penned but the two falls were yosuke doing a cradle on sb kento and it was yuki yoshioka getting the pen after rolling through the bible after Ada rolled through the Bible and Yoshioka just rolled him straight up. So D courage makes a second defense and you know, they used to run like three and four ways a lot and they felt like they overran them, but this felt like a throwback to the past eras of three way and four way tags.
0: This will go down as one of my favorite matches of the year. Won't finish in my top 10. Maybe won't even finish in my dragon gate top 10, but I will remember this match for a very long time because as this match progressed and I was into the Aita and Maria thing, I've been itching for an Ata face turn for a really long time and I'm glad we finally got it. But as this match progressed, it really hit me just how invested I was in the Ata and Maria story. And this match had me physically and audibly reacting to near falls into Maria's hulk up spot where Ata stomped on Maria and then she hulked up, which I thought was just the greatest thing. What a clever spot. What great teamwork between Ata and Maria. And then you had that dynamite closing stretch where you somehow interweaved the story of Ata and Maria with Ata and Hyo and SP Kento, with Hyo and SP Kento and Dragon Daya and Yuki Yoshioka, and you had all of these things come to a head in this match, I was emotionally moved, not to the point of tears, obviously, but in a professional wrestling way, I was moved by this match. I thought it was truly brilliant and one of the best things I will see all year.
2: And it's something with, like, Ata that like it harkened back to 2016 like when we saw like the the run he had there you know he had great matches against akira tozawa assuming akosuka and king gate the super j cup match and then the brave gate where it was like oh Ata is going to be the next sure thing and then he would had to go be heel and the company needed him to be the heel and we got a glimpse of that case. I know you wrote about this in the in the review, so I'm kind of doubling up on your point here, but I wrote that down as I was watching this match. It's like this felt like old Ata, like going for a submission hole. It's like it was the biblia into the schoolboy. And just the fact that both of the finishes came out of like rolling through submissions. It just was really interwoven in a way. And it was something that it was a full all-out sprint. And you really got to see each of the three stories be interwoven here. And it was like really kind of cool to see how they first, they did the biggest wishbone pull ever on Dragon Daya, saying him out of the frame for that. But and even now,
0: even that was great. Cause it was a briefly working with Zebrats. Like that was a really interesting midpoint in the match where H suddenly found common ground with these heels again.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah, we used to do that. We used to squish this turd and that was really great and you had that first elimination and like the great three and four-way matches of yesteryear they kicked it into an even higher gear for the last two minutes of the match where it's like we haven't seen this from maria in a long time really since she broke her ankle and it was like oh wow i've i spent the last few years going like all right we probably have seen like the big runs from maria but she was back to being like one of the one of the most truest baby faces in the promotion and proving that she could step up and be and be at the level even after that injury and it was remarkable.
0: The series that led to SB Kento getting pinned. Maria went for the Sky Love, SBK countered it. He had a bridging German, Maria kicked out and then they went through these flash pins with Maria kissing SB Kento gets it a crazy near fall. He recovers, tries to put her in the SB shooter, and then Maria rolls through and pins him. That was such high-level pro wrestling. I mean, that that was the Maria that I missed. That was the Maria that we saw against Kotoka, and for a lot of that Brave Gate run in 2016 that she had, where, you know, I've Maria's not the character for me. I've never been her most vocal supporter, but when she hooks me, when she gets me on those emotions, and she does every once in a while, I'm so compelled by her. And what I realized as I was watching this match is, you know, decourage be damned. The future be damned. I want Aita and Maria to win these belts in this moment so bad. It it really transported me from the lens that I normally watch these shows in, which is an analytical lens where I'm thinking about the future and I'm thinking about who's going over and how they're going over and who's getting pinned to screw that. I want H and Maria holding these belts right now. And I had a very raw, genuine fan reaction to this match, which I really, really enjoyed.
2: Yeah. And it was something that with the way that they were interjected, it just, you know, it felt like the, this could have been a shenanigans fest. And instead we got this raw emotion that was truly special I don't think I was as high on it as you. I was four and a quarter on it just because I was like, I wanted to see a little bit more of like, I liked the idea of A to being like, all right, we got to get rid of this kid. Like that was something I was like, oh, I want to see a little bit more of that. But this was, I mean, I'll just say this right now. I can't remember the last time they had a champion gate or a big show with four title matches that all four of them I had at four stars or better. Like just insane.
0: Yeah, I was at four and a half on this, four and a half on the Brave Gate. 4 and 3 quarters on the Triangle Gate and this Dream Gate match I also had it above 4 stars.
2: Just insane stuff. Just insane stuff and that continued with the main event. We had the Open the Dream Gate Championship match. It was Kai versus Big Boss shimizu Kai made his second successful defense with the authorized Ganosuke clutch in 18 minutes and 23 seconds and yet the Osaka boy comes up short yet again
0: devastating what 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 a match i mean i again i and i'll I'll reiterate the point i made in my my review dragon gate deserves a ton of credit for rehabbing shimizu the way that they have where he went from killer to sleazeball to comedy character back to killer and it worked it was a successful transition i i don't know of anybody that is tuned into this promotion that can doubt how shimizu looked and felt like a main eventer in this match you also have to applaud shimizu until the cows come home for the fact that he can do so many different things this guy is good at everything. He was great with the Mohawk. He was great with the sleazy R.E.D. character. I thought it overshadowed its welcome, but he was great in that role. He was brilliant as a comedy wrestler. And now we circle back again, and they really had me thinking that Shimizu was going to win the Dreamgate title. This guy can do everything. He is truly a remarkable talent. And I don't think he gets the credit he deserves for it.
2: No. And like it was put on display because he came off, not just like an impressive, like offensive wrestler. He took a beating and each time like he did, he rose back up. Like he ate, like he ate the medial impact and was like, Oh, well that's it. No, he still had another gear that he went into. That was just insane. Like Doing the the, the second rope uh, Samoan drop in the big boss press and going for the uh, shot put slam was just like, oh, wow. I bit into it. It was like, okay. They kept this in the back pocket. The shot put slam is one of, if not the most protective move in Dragon Gate outside the muscular bomb. He's going to win it here. And he came up short because Kai had to de- go into his bag of trips going into... His moves that he has not liked doing. He's mentioned how much he hates flash pins. He thinks flash pins are bullshit, but he's had to escape both of his title defenses with a flash pin that he was taught. And I think that's like an awesome storyline and ended up being Kai's best match since the no rope match and probably his second best match in the promotion.
0: It's, I mean, singles matches, absolutely. It's the Yamato no ropes match, and that's this. He does have the sneaky great and you forget that he's in the match but that three-way triangle gate match at world 2019 where it's Yamato and Kai against Doi and Ishida and I can't think of the third team can you think of it off the top of your head
2: it's not coming to mind right now. No.
0: Okay, hold on. I got to look this up. It's going to drive me nuts. This is Kobe World 2019. Uh, this was a show that I should remember. It was, oh, it was Shimizu and Eita. Perfect. Shimizu and Eita. Oh, right, yeah. Kai and Yamato, Doi and Ishida. That is a four and three quarter star tag match if there ever was one. 28 minutes. God, that match was crazy. Um, But easily top five multi-man or singles matches. One of the best matches that Kai has had in Dragon Gate. Everything from... Shimizu countering the medio Impact Kai with the Lamahi straw, everything from that point on is golden. The middle rope Samoan drop that you mentioned, the big boss press that you mentioned. Kai slipped out of two different shot put slams, the second of which he put him in the Ganyosuke Clutch and won the match. Four and a quarter stars from me. An emotional roller coaster. The last two matches on this show exhausted me because I was so emotionally invested in the results. I didn't get either result that I wanted, and I'm okay with that because those matches were so damn good.
2: Yeah, I was four and a quarter on this as well. Uh, the only other thing I'll add in was there was this really gnarly pile driver that then hoho was like talking about the anatomy i was like oh the human anatomy is not used to pile drivers that cracked me up in the opening going of that but
0: yeah no just, i real really physical really stiff it takes a second to get going but the finishing stretch is so good that i can deal with a slow first quarter of the match when the last three quarters hit the way they do
2: oh yeah absolutely and i I had this thought in the moment. I thought Shimizu, this was like the rare title loss that Shimizu came off looking even stronger. Like this was like the one that maybe this is me buying so much into Shimizu that next time he'll have, next time he'll win it because he didn't use his biggest bullet in the chamber. He left the shot put slam in and maybe it was that like the Yoshida match was just like, Oh, it made sense that he went for the Ganosuke clutch because Yoshida is a big guy. He's got a lot of beef on the bones. But for this one, it felt like, oh, he went for the he went for the Gnosuke clutch because he had to do it coming out of here. I thought Shimizu came came out of this match looking stronger than Kai.
0: I, I agree. I, the entire Shimizu arc is just so impressive to me, and it probably falls on my shoulders. I probably should have read an article about it to give him the love that he deserves, but... It's remarkable. I mean, this is a guy who I've I've been a big fan of since he became Big R, and I thought his generational rival was going to be Shingo. That's the way that character debuted. I, I still think, in a perfect world, Big R Shimizu would have pinned Shingo with a shot put slam at some point, and it would have registered as a big deal, unless my memory is failing me. That never happened. And he had to go through the wilderness for a few years. He had to reinvent himself, but he came back better than ever with this current King Shimizu and Big Boss Shimizu run one of my favorite wrestlers in the world and I thought he was a worthy main eventer on this night
2: yeah and I felt like that that put a cap on a perfect champion gate weekend and I guess now the next thing really to look forward to is like all right where does he go from here because he still hasn't won King of I don't think that they're going to have him run through it. So I think you, you, take him off the, you take him out of the deck for a little while. And now it's just wondering, it's like, okay, next time, is, is, is attempt three going to be the, the time that he gets to the Dream Gate? And then also it's like, all right, they already have a pretty busy April coming up and it's going to be who they build up to face Kai and if that's going to happen before dead or alive or not.
0: Yeah, I, I have no feel going forward for this Kai Dreamgate run. In my mind, it was ending here. We were going to get a quick Shimizu raid, and then we were going to be off to the races with Kota Minora. After talking to you, it seems like maybe this Minora Trianglegate run is going to last longer than I thought, and I really have not put any thought into what Kai does next.
2: Maybe I was wrong with my bold SB Kento prediction, but I'm starting to believe, and we could say this March 8th, I think Ada is still going to win the Dreamgate at Kobe World. I think this is his year.
0: Uh, at this point, I am not against it. Like I said at the top of the show, Shun and Ata changing their characters the way they have. And Ata isn't as drastic of a change, but he's back to wrestling like a quasi babyface. Give him another run. I'm totally okay with that.
2: I mean, we got to hear his theme a whole lot over the last month and a half, and I love his theme. So, you know, maybe he's still going to be a little bit of an asshole who is going to have people wait out for overdrive the Mirage to play all the way through, but I'm here for it. But I think it's gonna end up with him at Kobe World. We still don't have a date for Kobe World yet. But I think it's gonna end up with him at Kobe World being Dreamgate champion. It's just gonna be the question of if he will become a two-time King of Gate to do so. Uh one last thing, we didn't mention this. They announced King of Gate schedule. It'll be fully uh, brought to us by the Luck Corporation, our friends at Luck Corporation. And did you see that the mascot had a Twitter profile?
0: Of course I did.
2: Yeah. And Dragon Daya immediately taking our dreams and saying, I want to get a photograph of Ulti and you.
0: Nothing I want more, pal.
2: <sighs> Gosh. So they announced that it will be starting. After King of Gate, its kickoff show will be the traditional Cork and kickoff show, and it'll be running through the month. They are finishing it in Cork and again, so that's going to eat up all of May and into the second of June for that. And then we'll have the Tori Mon reunion show after that. I think the, I'm trying to look up the date for the Tori Mon reunion second volume. It's June third. June third. So they're going back to back. Yep. they're doing back to back for that. So I think we covered everything. We didn't really talk about the Jimmy's reunion. It was nice.
0: I have, I yeah, I have no thoughts on. That. It was fine.
2: It was nice to do that while Kness was around. Yeah, you know,
0: no, it served its purpose. I it, own that. I have no thoughts on it.
2: Yeah, yeah, but I think that's going to do it for us this week. I, uh, I think our current plan. Let's just do a quick on-air production meeting. Should we do the uh, Kness and Yoshino episode next week?
0: Yes, next week is uh, the story of Masao Yoshino versus Kines. The week after that, we still have to figure out because I will not be around at my normal time.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. But we have, we have some Kness content coming for y'all. But that's going to do it. You can follow the podcast at Open Voice Gate. You can follow KS underscore in your case. And Matt Fujihea, thanks for listening to Open Voice Gate. We'll be back with you next week talking about the story of Masato Yoshino and Kness. Take care.